Well, good morning. It is Tuesday, November 28th, 2023. Tuesday, November 28th, 2023. Slava Ukraine, Heroium Slava. PVTV, Political Views TV Podcast. That's what you Google to find me. Uh, tell your friends to Google Political Views TV Podcast, those four words, and I'll show up right at the top of the search. Can I just say, in case I haven't mentioned it before, I really appreciate you so much. Uh, coming every day, that's very nice of you. Uh, if you can, please bring someone with you today or tomorrow, and you can uh, tweet to me or X to me questions or insights or come fight with me at Cyberclops, C-Y-B-E-R-C-L-O-P-S, on formerly known as Twitter. Let's start, as we usually do, with the war in Ukraine. <clears throat> Winter weather has come to the war in Ukraine for both Ukraine and Russia, especially Russia. Uh, snowstorms and icy cold have hit Ukraine and southern Russia. Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky said in his nightly address uh, yesterday that almost 1,500 settlements in 17 regions across the country had lost power and that engineers are working everywhere to restore supplies as soon as possible. Every city, every village will receive electricity. Currently, hundreds of people and hundreds of units of equipment are working around the clock. Uh, the state service of uh, of the state service of Ukraine. The National Police, the National Guard, and utilities are involved. Uh, Zelensky said that five people are now known to have died during the storms, most of whom were in the southern Odessa region. At least 17 other people have been injured. Russian media is also reporting on the scale of the destruction caused by the storms and what it described as a hurricane waging across southern Russia. News agency TASS reported four people have died and more than 20 have been injured, while almost 2 million people have been left without electricity because of bad weather. Now would be a time to attack. TASS said, in some regions, water supply and urban transport have been disrupted. Regional authorities are organizing work to overcome the consequences of the disaster and are preparing to, for worsening weather, which forecasters and uh, uh, worsening weather, which forecasters and emergency services uh, have uh, said is coming. Russian-occupied Crimea has been particularly badly hit. Uh, with states of emergency declared in 10 of the peninsula's municipalities. Hurricane wind speeds of 144 kilometers an hour, which is about 90 miles an hour, in Crimea. The Russian Ministry of... And it's cold! That is a cold wind! <laughs> um, the Russian Ministry of Emergency Situations told the uh, TASS news agency... That 600 incidents had been logged in more than 300 settlements in Crimea. The ministry was reported as saying that 995 people had to be evacuated as a result of bad weather, with 179 uh, children among them. The Russian-installed governor, uh, governors of Crimea and Sevastopol, both of whom, uh, of which Moscow seized and unilaterally annexed from Ukraine in 2014, declared states of emergency. The foreign ministers of three Baltic states have announced that they will boycott a meeting of 
the Organization for Security and Cooperation in Europe, after Russian Foreign Minister Sergei Lapdog Lavrov was invited to the event. Uh, and it's it's the three, it's the three that you know of, the, the three loudest voices right there up, uh, butt up against Russia and uh, Belarus. In a statement today, the officials from Estonia, Latvia, and Lithuania said that a decision to invite Lavrov to attend the summit in Skopje risked, risked legitimizing Russia's invasion of Ukraine. There was no immediate comment from the Russian foreign ministry, but I'm sure they'll have something to say about that today. Uh, the EU has agreed to more than quadruple its spending on training Ukrainian soldiers to battle Russia, investing close to 200 million euros. Uh, Moscow's Lefortovo district court extended the pretrial detention of Wall Street Journal reporter Evan Gershkovich for two months until the 30th of January 2024. Finland has decided to close its entire, entire border with Russia. Last week, Finland had closed all but one of its border crossings with Russia with the goal of halting an inflow of asylum seekers from uh, that country. The Finnish government has repeatedly suggested that the refugees were guided to the border by Russian authorities. Finnish Foreign uh, Affairs Minister uh, Elena Valtonen said Russia has been not only letting through migrants and third country citizens without valid documentation over the border towards Finland, but also they have been mobilizing people to access Finland and European Union through that route. Uh, Russia's approach was a, uh, uh, she said Russia's approach was a hybrid operation, adding that Finland had responded accordingly as a signal that the government can't accept this phenomenon to take place. Now for Finland, only goods will be able to pass between the two countries. Uh, Finnish media said that the closure will last for two weeks. Russia has reacted critically to Finland's decision so far, with a Kremlin spokesperson describing it as a path of confrontation and a big mistake last week. Uh, that would be uh, Kremlin spokespuppet, uh, what's his name? Lapdog Lavrov. Uh, Norway is watching its border with Russia closely following complaints by Finland that Russia was weaponizing immigration and sending asylum seekers to its borders crossing points. Uh, I, uh, of course, uh, Norway's crossing point is way north. I mean, way, way north. And it's, it's hell to get there. <laughs> Espen Barth aid. A foreign minister of Norway said his country had not yet seen evidence of similar incidents at its own border with Russia, which is far smaller and only has one crossing point open. Uh, that may change soon with Finland's border closing. They might see a lot more there. Today, the UK is looking to galvanize support for Ukraine at a meeting of NATO foreign ministers in between NATO and the Ukraine Council tomorrow. David Cameron, the UK's uh, former prime, uh, prime minister and recently appointed foreign minister, is attending his first NATO meeting in Brussels this week in his new role. The Foreign Commonwealth and Development Office released a statement saying Cameron would underline that the UK remains firmly behind Ukraine in the face of Russian aggression, urging allies 
not to waver in their support. Cameron said in a statement released by Foreign Commonwealth and Development Office, NATO keeps over a billion people safe and secure. And nearly 75 years on, the alliance is stronger than ever. Putin first believed that NATO would be divided and that Ukraine would crumble. Now he believes he can wait out his war in Ukraine. He was wrong then and he is wrong now. Together, the UK and our NATO allies allies will never turn a blind eye to Russian aggression. The UK will continue to be a steadfast supporter of uh, the UK will uh, be a uh, uh, continue to be a steadfast supporter of Ukraine and a champion for European peace and stability. Uh, other countries are saying the same thing right now as they meet. A Ukrainian media reported today the wife of Ukraine's military intelligence chief has been admitted to the hospital with suspected poisoning. When asked to confirm reports that Budnova had been taken ill, a source in Ukraine's defense intelligence was quoted as telling the Kiev Post, unfortunately, this is true. Apparently, it's a heavy metals poisoning, uh, which a spy chief could get hold of if he wanted to kill his wife, but it could be that she got in the way of some poison that was intended for him. We don't know the uh, uh, details yet. Russia's shells struck a residential building and a private house today, killing four people and injuring at least five. Uh, Dnipro Petrovsk region governor Sergei Lysak said a five-story building was hit in the morning in the southern town of Nikopol. A 63-year-old man was killed. Two women aged 65 and 63 were injured. There may be people under the rubble. In a separate attack in the afternoon, Sumy regional prosecutors reported Russian shelling destroyed at least five private houses in, north, in a northern settlement just on the border with Russia. <clears throat> Two bodies had been recovered from the rubble and a seven-year-old girl had died in a hospital uh, after a car she was in came under fire. Now that I have your attention, let's move on. Let's try and fix the rest of the world. Oh, man. Israel. What are we going to do, man? Uh, So the possibility of a, a Palestinian state, that is what we eventually want for peace in the Middle East. We've all been calling for for the two-state solution for decades. We've been calling for that. Well, most of us do. Sociopaths in the far right of Israel do not because Israel only has power if it has someone to exert its power against. Sort of like a a wife beater, an abusive husband. He fears and hates to lose any power he thinks he has. So we know what he does. We will get to those on the far right in Israel and what they are saying. But first, the discussions of aid for Israel have started up in the Senate. Remember, yesterday we talked about Biden wanting to ease requirements for Israel. Senators Bernie Sanders and Chris Murphy from uh, uh, Connecticut, Democrat, have called for conditioning aid. Uh, In other words, conditions on the aid. Sanders had floated demands for Israel to end its indiscriminate bombing of Gaza, allow aid into the region, and take other steps to lay the groundwork for a peaceful resolution to the conflict. Other progressives are open to the idea. 
Senator Peter Welch from Vermont said, he's a Democrat also, he said, uh, we've got to have the debate. You can't have that many civilian casualties as part of the Netanyahu war plan. But not all Senate Democrats feel Israel needs oversight. Uh, anyway, uh, Senator, uh, a lot of Republicans don't. Uh, Senator Bernie Sanders is accusing Israel of being in violation of international law with their strikes on Gaza. Sanders has declared repeatedly that Israel has the right to defend itself in response to Hamas, uh, Hamas's October 7th attack that claimed more than 1,300 lives. But he's been critical of their indiscriminate bombing on CBS News, America Decides, which is on in the afternoons, I think. Uh, Sanders, on, on, on their uh, cable network, Sanders said Israel was attacked in an absolutely horrific way by Hamas. 1,300 innocent people were slaughtered. Israel has a right to defend itself. But what Israel does not have a right to do, in my view, is to kill 12,000 people in six or seven weeks, two-thirds of whom are women and children. I mean, we're at 15,000 now, right? Or 16, are we at 16,000 yet? I haven't been keeping count. Um, he went on. That they don't have the right to do. That's a violation of international law. In his op-ed, he said, the United States must make clear that while we are friends of Israel, there are conditions to that friendship and that we cannot be complicit in actions that violate international law and our own sense of decency. He argued, a humanitarian pause must be extended so medical supplies, food, and water could get into Gaza. The United States he said, must demand an immediate end to Israel's indiscriminate bombing, which is causing an enormous number of civilian casualties and is in violation of international law. He wrote, Israel is at war with Hamas, not innocent Palestinian men, women, and children. Israel cannot bomb an entire neighborhood to take out one Hamas target. Sanders argued Hamas must be removed from power in Gaza, but said an Israel reoccupation would be absolutely counterproductive. He suggested an interim period where an international force takes control, uh, which I would I would go along with that. The UN send the send in the UN. In fact, I think I said send in the UN in day two. He suggested an interim period where an international force takes control. The senator said the blank check approach between the United States and Israel needs to end and called on President Joe Biden to use financial support for Israel as leverage to convince Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu to enter peace talks. There is a slight problem with that. The wife beater is in charge. The abusive husband who fears losing his power is in charge. Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin, yes, that's right. I'm, I'm comparing Netanyahu to a, uh, a abusive husband. Uh, Israel Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu has reportedly been lobbying members of the Likud party in a bid to keep their support, claiming he is the only one who will prevent a Palestinian state in Gaza and the West Bank. These remarks were first reported by Israeli public broadcaster Khan, and of course, they are quite obviously anti-Palestinian and anti-two-state solution. Of course, I'm speaking of the remarks. In his latest comments, 
to Likud, Netanyahu reportedly said he's the only one who can withstand U.S. pressure and that he knows how to manage American public opinion. So that Yahoo, Netanyahu, claims he controls you in the U.S. Me and you. He controls us. The Times of Israel... Well, he doesn't control me, that's for sure. You know how much I hate him. Uh, The Times of Israel reported Monday, yesterday, that Netanyahu boasted about having gone against U.S. wishes by launching a ground invasion of Gaza and raiding the Palestinian territory's largest hospital on the pretense that Hamas was hiding a command center on the facility's ground. Grounds, a claim that has not been substantiated. He's basically admitting that he lied. Israeli Defense Minister Yoav Gallant said yesterday, the enemy will meet first the bombs of the Air Force and after that the shells of the tanks and artillery and the scopes, excuse me, scoops of the D-9 bulldozers. And finally, gunfire of the infantry troops. We will fight in the entire strip. This is what they plan. They want to wipe out. It's it's genocide. Even as Biden has tried to give Israel unconditional aid to Israel, he said yesterday on formerly Twitter, a two-state solution is the only way to guarantee long-term security of both the Israel and the Palestinian people, to make sure Israelis and Palestinians alike live in equal measure of freedom and dignity. We will not give up on working towards that goal. Well, that seems to fly right into the face of what that Yahoo, Netanyahu, wants. Netanyahu told others around him just a few years ago in 2019, he said, anyone who wants to thwart the establishment of a Palestinian state has to support bolstering Hamas and transferring money to Hamas. This is part of our strategy to isolate the Palestinians in Gaza from the Palestinians in the West Bank, which is obvious if you look at what Israel has done to Palestine, uh, Palestinians in Palestine since 1948. Divide and conquer. I think the only two-state solution, solution is to allow the West Bank border to continue south along the Dead Sea, uh, which is the, uh, um, uh, what is that river? I've forgotten it. Uh, And beyond, all the way down to Israel's border to Egypt, then continuing that land west to Gaza along the Egyptian border, or return it to the 1947 UN planned borders. Pre-1947, Palestine existed with Israeli settlements. Now, Israel exists with Palestinian settlements. This is what has happened in the last 75 years. It's horrific what Israel has done to the people of Palestine. I would even go as far as to say we create a border from the south of Tel Aviv through Jerusalem to the Dead Sea, or straight across the 32nd parallel, give everything south to Palestine and everything north to Israel. That would give Israel most of the West Bank, and Palestine would get the, the south part of the West Bank and get all of Jerusalem, which belonged to them anyway. Gaza must be allowed to connect with the West Bank. Without that, there must be an agreement like the Suwaki 
uh, like the Sewaukee Gap to Gaza from the West Bank. You know, the Sewaukee Gap, that's what goes to Kaliningrad uh, for Russia to give them supplies. But most important, above everything, there needs to be new government in Israel without anyone from the Likud party, including Netanyahu. They have to go. They have to go. Just like Putin has to go, Netanyahu has to go. Moving on. According to a letter his attorney wrote to Republican lawmakers today, Hunter Biden is willing to testify before the House Oversight Committee, but only in public hearings because Republicans like to make hearings private so nobody can hear it and then they can spin it however they want, which is what they do. Uh, Chairman James Comer of the House Oversight Committee issued a subpoena early this month to depose Hunter Biden on December 13th. In his letter, uh, the response, Abe Lowell, an attorney for Biden, accused Comer of selectively leaking information from closed-door depositions with other witnesses in his ongoing impeachment inquiry into President Joe Biden. Lowell wrote to Comer, We have seen you use closed-door sessions to manipulate, even distort the facts, and misinform the public. We therefore propose opening the door. Comer will likely refuse and use that politically to say Hunter Biden has refused to comply, so there must be something he's hiding. Lowell continued, "Uh, Your empty investigation has gone on too long, wasting too many better used resources, It should come to an end. Consequently, Mr. Biden will appear at such a public hearing on the date you notice, December 13th, or any date in December that we can arrange. Comer announced a slew of subpoenas on November 8th targeting members of the president's family, including Hunter Biden, brother James Biden, and former former Hunter Biden business associate Rob Walker, demanding they appear for depositions. Comer's impeachment inquiry has been marked by criticism, even from some Republicans, claiming that nearly uh, the nearly years-long investigation into Biden has still not produced sufficient evidence for impeachment. In a lengthy memo, the White House accused House Republicans of abusing their power to conduct a smear campaign against the president and his family, saying they are throwing spaghetti at the wall after failing to produce evidence to support their allegations, which we've said many times. And this is the Republican Party that says you shouldn't weaponize uh, Congress and you shouldn't weaponize the Justice Department. Yet they are doing it. Oh, man. Uh, So, moving on. If the Koch Brothers uh, Koch Network is endorsing Nikki Haley, that is a huge get for her. That is a huge get for her. Um, And that's what's happening. During the Trump administration, the Koch Network, now run by Charles Koch because David uh, Koch died, so it's the Koch brother, uh, or the Koch man, since he doesn't have a brother that he could be a brother against, uh, decided not to go with Trump. And I think they, well, wait a minute. I think the youngest Koch brother is still alive, but he's not involved in any of this. I, I could be wrong about that. I could be wrong. <clears throat> the Coke Network, now run by Charles Coke because David uh, died, decided not to go with Trump, and I think they were waiting for someone acceptable to back. Nikki Haley got it. 
The influential uh, network associated with billionaire Charles Koch will throw its money and influence behind former South Carolina Governor Nikki Haley in the Republican presidential primary. That means she will likely get it, and Trump will, uh, when I say get it, I mean the nomination, and Trump will scream about the Koch brothers' network and how they are disloyal or far left or something like that. You know what? I wonder if Nikki Haley would would get um, uh, what's his, what's his face from New Jersey to be the vice president. I wonder if that would happen. Uh, the Koch Network's decision could dramatically reshape the Republican field roughly seven weeks before the Iowa caucuses. Earlier this year, AFP Action, a political arm of Koch's network, pledged to back a single contender in the GOP presidential primary the first uh, for the first time in its history. And it made clear that it would bypass former President Donald Trump in its quest to find what Emily Seidel, uh, a top AFP uh, uh, official, called a president who represents a new chapter. We need a new chapter. Trump's done. Uh, Seidel said today, when we announced our decision to engage in our first ever Republican presidential primary, we made it clear that we'd be looking for a candidate who can turn the page on our political dysfunction and win. It's clear that candidate Nikki Haley, uh, that candidate is Nikki Haley. Uh, we can keep looking to the politicians of the past to fix problems of today. Nikki Haley represents a new generation of leadership and offers a bold, positive vision for our future. AFP Action is proud to be endorsing her, and we will be doing everything we can to help make her the next president of the United States. The DeSantis campaign called the endorsement of Haley an in-kind contribution to Trump's campaign, painting the former South Carolina governor as a moderate with no pathway to victory. A moderate is the only one that can win right now. I mean, not not the uh, uh, the primary, but the general election. Only a moderate can win. DeSantis spokesperson An- Andrew Romeo said in a statement, "No one has a stronger record of beating the establishment than Ron DeSantis, and this time will be no different." Uh, before endorsing Haley, the network already had spent millions of dollars on advertising in early voting states this year to cast Trump as likely to lose the general election. They're trying to get rid of him. Yesterday, speaking of, Donald Trump urged a New York appeals court to continue to pause the gag order against him in the, uh, his civil fraud trial, saying the threats to the judge and his law clerk do not justify limiting the former president's constitutional right to defend himself. Yet, I'm not sure what public speaking would have to do with defending himself in court. I have no idea what that does. Please draw me that line from one to the other so I'll know what it is. However, I do see how he could intimidate witnesses and get followers to commit commit violent acts against witnesses and the judge. I guess that could be the line drawn to his defense. Of course, that would be illegal, getting people to do things for him uh, like that. Lawyers for the New York attorney. I mean, remember, he already did it in the January 6th uh, uh, insurrection. He incited people. He's inciting people again. He's basically doing what he's going to court for in another case. 
lawyers for the New York Attorney's General Office uh, and the court last week urged the appeals court to put the gag order back in place following serious and credible threats that have been inundated Judge Arthur Engeron's chambers since the trial began in October. Trump's attorneys wrote in a filing Monday that the former president has never threatened the judge or his principal law clerk, and they can't be held responsible for actions taken by others. Really? They argued Trump's First Amendment right to criticize and call out his perception of bias by the judge and his law clerk without retribution is essential to maintaining public confidence in the trial. I would say that you you not only... You not saying anything about the trial will restore public confidence. And can't be held for actions by others, he said. But what about the fact that every single insurrectionist defendant said that Trump told them to do it? Really? Anyway, we shall see what happens. We shall see what we shall see. Uh, Yesterday. A new Georgia Senate map released uh, released creates two additional districts with black majorities in Metro Atlanta after a federal judge ordered a redistricting of the state. Don't applaud just yet because it's quite a cheat. The Senate Republicans majority protected itself by crafting new districts that target Democrats, state senators, Jason Estevez and Elena Parent. Both Democrats currently represent primarily white Democratic districts, but the new map puts them in districts with black majorities. In other words, the proposed districts would increase the number of black majority districts by eliminating two white majority districts currently represented by Democrats. While the revised political boundaries would increase the number of majority black districts from 13 to 15, black voters wouldn't necessarily gain representation in next year's elections. Black voters overwhelmingly support Democrats, while most white voters in Georgia back Republicans because they're racist, including family members that I shouldn't be saying anything. Uh, It's unclear whether U.S. District Judge Steve Jones would accept the map if it passes. We shall see. We shall see what we shall see. In New Mexico, the Supreme Court there upheld a democratic, uh, uh, democratically drawn congressional map that divvied up a conservative oil-producing region and reshaped a swing district along the U.S. border with Mexico. All five justices signed a shortly worded. Uh, order to affirm a lower court decision that the redistricting plan enacted by Democratic state lawmakers in 2021 succeeded in substantially diluting votes of their political opponents, but that the change fell short of egregious gerrymandering, which I guess is is the level that you, you have to stay under. The Republican Party argued unsuccessfully that the new district boundaries would entrench Democratic officials in power, highlighting the 2022 defeat of incumbent GOP Congresswoman Yvette Harrell by Democratic U.S. Representative Gabe Vasquez. Not enough. Tough, tough goobers or whatever. Uh, Today, the Texas Supreme Court will consider this question. 
Are the state's abortion laws harming women when they face pregnancy complications? Which, of course, is very, very true. I've seen the horrific stories coming out of Texas. Uh, the, uh, the answer will, of course, if being honest, be yes. Which is why the Supreme Court of Texas will probably say no. Because it's Texas and they don't want women to have rights. The case brought by the Center for Reproductive Rights has grown to include 22 plaintiffs, including 20 patients and two physicians. They are, and it started out with just five, but women keep on getting complications and, and almost dying. So, you know, they join the suit. They are, if, if it goes on for another six months, there's going to be 50 people uh, on their side uh, in the case. They are suing Texas, arguing that the medical exceptions in the state abortion bans are too narrow to protect patients with complicated pregnancies. Texas Attorney General Ken Paxton is fiercely defending the state's current abortion laws and arguing that the case should be dismissed. At a hearing in Austin, the nine Texas Supreme Court justices will consider whether to apply a temporary injunction that a lower court judge ruled should be in place. That injunction would give doctors greater discretion to perform abortions when a doctor determines that a woman's health is threatened or that a fetus has a condition that could be fatal. It would make more people eligible for exceptions to Texas's uh, abortion bans, but it would not overturn the laws. Now, the Supreme Court is in Austin which is a very progressive area compared to the rest of Texas. I've always said the only problem with Austin is you have to go through Texas to get there. So if it's in Austin, who knows? Maybe the judges have softened in their right-wing stances. We'll see what happens. Again, we will see what we will see. (laughs) And uh, again, yesterday, jury selection began in the trial of two paramedics charged in the 2019 death of Elijah McClain. Again! Elijah McClain. A very quiet, non-binary kid. Weighed 140 pounds. Was 5 foot 8 or something. Tiny guy. Played his violin for kittens at the pound because he felt like they were lonely. This is the kind of guy the police and paramedics murdered. McLean, a 23-year-old massage therapist, died due to complications of ketamine administration following forcible restraint after he was stopped by Aurora police and injected with a powerful sedative by paramedics, according to an amended autopsy report released last year. Now, yeah. I said they murdered him. The police got off for it, right? We'll see what happens. We shall see what happens, like I said, with the paramedics. Uh, During two previous criminal trials this fall, defense attorneys for the officers involved in the stop repeatedly blamed McLean's death on the ketamine, not the physical restraint. Paramedics Jeremy Cooper and uh, Lieutenant Peter uh, uh, Chichunik with uh, negligent, uh, with the Aurora Fire Department, will stand trial on charges of manslaughter, negligent homicide, and several counts of assault. Cooper and Chichunyik have pleaded not guilty. So, 
If you remember how horribly Alex Jones was spanked in court and how he will likely go bankrupt and pay for the rest of his life, life with all the cases against him, uh, and, and more cases to come probably, Sandy Hook families who won nearly $1.5 billion in legal judgments against conspiracy theorist Alex Jones for calling the 2012 Connecticut school shooting a hoax having offered to settle that debt for only pennies on the dollar, at least $85 million over 10 years. The offer was made in Jones's personal bankruptcy case in Houston last week in a legal filing. Uh, lawyers for the family said they believe the proposal was a viable way to help resolve the bankruptcy reorganization cases of both Jones and his company, Free Speech Systems. Uh, but in... The sharply worded document, the attorneys continued to accuse the InfoWars host of failing to curb his personal spending and extravagant lifestyle, failing to preserve the value of his holdings, refusing to sell assets, and, and failing to produce certain financial documents. He's hiding something. Uh, lawyers for the Sandy Hook families wrote, Jones has failed in every way to serve as the fiduciary mandated by the bankruptcy code in exchange for the breathing spell he has enjoyed for almost a year. His time is up. The family's lawyers offered Jones two options, either liquidate his estate and give the, proce the proceeds to creditors or pay them at least $8.5 million a year for 10 years, plus 50% of any income over $9 million per year. During a court hearing in Houston, Jones' personal bankruptcy lawyer, Vicki Driver, suggested that the $85 million or 10-year uh, settlement offer was too high and unrealistic for Jones to pay, but he hasn't liquidated anything. Huh? Of course you'd say that. If Jones doesn't accept the family's offer, bankruptcy judge Christopher Lopez would determine how much he would pay the families and other creditors. But I'm sure the judge would also say, hey, you need to produce certain financial documents first. Uh, anyway, that's it. Thanks for listening. Tuesday, November 28, 2023. Tuesday, November 28, 2023. 28. 23. Did I say 28? I truly appreciate you so much. Bring someone with you uh, tomorrow. Uh, PVTV, Political Views TV Podcast. That's what you Google to find me. I'll show up right at the top of the search. Tweet to me questions, insights, or come fight with me at Cyberclops, C-Y-B-E-R-C-L-O-P-S. And remember, always remember, government profit is measured by the betterment of the people. Don't you ever forget it. I'm Peter Lawrence, reporting from Los Angeles.